0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I'm here with Nicole Ayers, who is a beautiful and wonderful author, and we're going to talk about body acceptance today, which I'm super excited about and I think is perfect for this month of February, which is known as the month of love, I suppose, you know, a a grand Hallmark holiday, but Mm -hmm. um, Nicole grew tired of hating her body, so she decided to embrace and honor honor her body by writing love notes to each of her beautiful parts. This whimsically, so she's written this book, Love Notes to My Body. And this whimsically illustrated collection of love notes invites you to witness Nicole's love affair with her body from her crow's feet to her pinky toes with gratitude, candor, and joy. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I think this is such a poignant topic and I don't really think it gets enough airtime. And so, you know, especially when we're thinking about content creation from, you know, the the side of things where we're bringing information to the world, I was thinking, well, what could what would be perfect for this month of February that that, you know, we need to talk more about. And so I think this is a perfect topic. So tell me, let's dive deeper into your story and tell me how you became passionate about this. Yeah.
1: So about five years ago now, I just began to awaken and build awareness around some real dissatisfaction in my life. And there was nothing specific I could point to as something being wrong. My family was healthy and whole and we enjoyed each other's company. Oh, I'm getting some weird light there. Um, they, you know, my, my relationship with my spouse was strong and, and, and I was happy there. My career was going well. Like there was nothing I could just point to and say, that's the thing. That's what's wrong. So I got started to get curious about like what's going on with me. And I was also experiencing anxiety in a way I'd never experienced before, you know, events in, in our world were certainly shifting and shaking and so I kind of thought maybe I'm just that's what's going on but after working with an intuitive energy healer and just learning to to sit and be with myself I realized that the dissatisfaction I was having was all really internal and that awakening was around how little I liked myself and especially my body and I say it was an awakening because I just, you know, had lived my whole life thinking this this is the relationship I'm supposed to have with my body. I'm supposed to berate her and change her and fix her to fit into these ideals that other people have created. She needs to look a certain way and move a certain way and, you know, wear certain clothes and and, and have certain hairstyles in order to to be pleasing to others and. So that was, it was shocking when I was like, whoa, and when I became aware of what I call the nasty gram narrative, that was just constantly running in my head, you know, that mean little voice, I was horrified, and I have two daughters, and the thought of them feeling the way I feel about my body towards their own, Mm -hmm. like, was heartbreaking to me, and I, you know, I was like, I, this can't be our story. Like we can't perpetuate this anymore. It's got, we've got to stop it. And so I was like, well, how, how do I change this relationship with my body? And I decided to treat it like a real relationship, a, a long-term intimate, you know, I'm in this lifelong commitment with her. It's going to be, you know, the two of us till the end. Yeah. Yeah, And so I was like, well, maybe if I, you know, sweet talk her, it'll be harder. It's hard to hate something you're sweet talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was my basis behind the love notes. But love notes, I think, is a bit of a misnomer. While they are very much entrenched in deep, true love, my love notes are not the romantic rainbows and unicorns kinds of love notes. Mm-hmm. Now, the final version in the book, certainly you you get to read the gratitude and love that I found. But when I started, you know, those love notes looked a lot like just really honest conversations about, I really want to care about you more. I want to like you more. And I don't know how, and I don't.
0: Right, yeah, because I um, I think there's definitely something to be said for the difference between acceptance and love. And they're oh, both yeah. powerful things, but they're very different.
1: They're, well, and so one of the things that when I talk about this conversation, you know, women are often like, oh, that's beautiful. And I can literally see them sort of backing away. Like, that was great. It worked for you. I'm never going to love my body. Right. And what I like to share is, you know, this is a continuum. Mm-hmm. This this journey to be in a relationship with ourselves, especially our bodies, is, is, is such a long winding path. And we don't have to go from disliking ourselves and our bodies or even hating them in some regards or just flat out ignoring they exist altogether you know and living from our heads mm-hmm. and and moving from that sort of feeling to being like i love my body so much you know that that doesn't work and that's not real true relationship and so right. all along the path there's different steps you know i would say probably in the middle is like body neutrality where we're just like hey I have a body. It's a human body. Human bodies change, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and all along the way, we we move closer, and sometimes we take steps in the opposite direction,
0: you know. So. So we use the word empowerment a lot, I feel like in this field that we're in of, of self help and health coaching and, you know, and all of these things. So what does empowerment mean to you? And, and how do you help people feel more empowered with this body acceptance? Like, how do because I do feel like it's an empowerment journey too, to get to any level of acceptance, you have to almost feel like you do have some semblance of power, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Power was actually like my personal word for the year in 2019, because it being on this journey. And at that point, I had heard the nudge that said, this isn't just work for you anymore, because this was, you know, personal journaling practice for me for a long time. Um, And one day, I heard a really clear message that this wasn't just for me anymore. And it is It is about empowerment. So to me being in, it means like standing in my own sovereignty. It means I trust myself. It means I believe that I am worthy and deserving. Mm -hmm. It means that I listen to all of my body's cues and not just the, the rampant, you know, voice running in my mind that's, you know, trying to keep me safe, but maybe not in a way that's really going to be helpful. Right, And so being in my power means that I know I have power and then being willing to act on it, right? Right, yeah. Sourcing that inner wisdom.
0: Yeah, and then once, you, like you even said, once you had that awareness, like starting to get intentional and deliberate with the thoughts that you were choosing and behaviors that you were choosing and yeah. all of these things that go into loving, loving our body. But, you know, like the first step I think is accepting. I feel like that's maybe not the first step, but like the first milestone. Yeah. (laughs) Acceptance is a milestone.
1: (laughs) Oh, acceptance is a huge, and and that might be just where you land. Yeah. Right. And you might stay there forever. And that's, that's fine. My mission isn't to, well, I mean, I would love to like have, you know, a group of, these amazing women who do feel really empowered and comfortable in their selves and their skin and their bodies, because that's, that is so powerful to create change in our world, but that looks all different sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just being in acceptance of ourselves, like I said, acknowledging we have this human body, human bodies change. And ex- even if we don't always like the changes, accepting this is this is my current state and this is where I am is hugely powerful and important and that is what I try and offer women in particular I know women men also struggle with this work and other folks who you know don't identify as, as male or female but m- my work is specifically geared toward women um, and it is to, give ourselves permission to even just be curious and to awaken and be aware of why do I believe certain things about my body? What do I actually believe about my body? Like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Did that come from my own self? Like, is this something truly in my own body's wisdom? Or was this, you know, maybe some an outside idea that either came from the media or, someone in my family or my dear friends and just getting curious is like a great first step towards being, feeling empowered, right? Yes. Cause, Cause we just get to explore Absolutely. and then decide for ourselves. What is our own truth?
0: Yes. And so, so I'm glad you, this was where I was going to go to. And so in terms of like getting curious, is there a general process that you recommend is it through journaling or is there something else that people do maybe meditation or um, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. so I have three things that I share that
1: were hugely powerful to help me kind of fast track this process in okay. some ways. One of them was journaling and putting, putting thoughts to paper and again, being really honest. You know, I treated the journal since my body didn't have necessarily always a voice to talk back to me, I treated it as a way to have conversation
0: mm-hmm. with
1: myself and to share, you know, when I could feel gratitude and really lean into the gratitude for my body's functioning and keeping me alive and all these miraculous things that happen every minute of the day. Um, and also to explore like what hurt, what felt wounded, where, where did I feel betrayed Mm-hmm. And what I found in that process of letting myself journal and not having any like hard structure around rules about that notes needed to be a certain length, some days they were like a, a sentence long, you know? Mm-hmm. you know, dear knees thinking about you today, love me, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have to be anything profound. It just was always being in conversation that, again, it felt like giving myself permission to have this relationship and work on it. So journaling is hugely helpful. And I always tell folks, if if you're not necessarily a journaler, that you can still have these kinds of conversations. So maybe you get a notebook out and you just doodle. Right. Or some meditative coloring and you're thinking about maybe your body or your relationship with your body or body part or you know, whatever it is. Because what happens when we start to explore like our relationship with our bodies, our bodies and our parts of our bodies is we actually open the door to explore all sorts of other baggage and wounds we're carrying around in our lives. So like when I started writing to my voice because i defined my body very loosely it's not just this physical creation it's also all the things like the tears that i produce and and my voice and so when i started writing to my voice like that opened up a lot of stuff that i needed to heal around where i had felt silenced in my life or unsafe to share what i was really thinking and then led me down rabbit holes of healing there
0: yeah.
1: so I think, you know, journaling is, is hugely helpful in that regard. The second practice that really is helpful is to find some sort of movement that feels really luxurious and to do it just because it feels good, right? So I stumbled onto, not long after I started writing love notes, I stumbled onto a practice called Wild Soul Movement. And I loved it so much. I'm actually in teacher training for it now because it's a great way to gather women together and have these conversations and, and make it a little more palatable. Mm-hmm. And, and while it's movement, it's a lot like a moving mantra. Um, my, the mentor, the creator, Elizabeth, dialto talks about it being a work in versus a workout. Ooh, I love that. And yeah, it is. And it truly is because when I am moving my body in that way, I am truly embodied. I am in my body. I'm out of my head. I'm using my breath and a mantra to just stay connected with what's going on in my body. Mm -hmm. And so it's beautiful practice of release. So combining the love note writing with that movement practice was rocket fuel for me. And then the third thing that I offer folks, which is really simple, it's very portable, can be carried anywhere is just to daily offer yourself some love. And very specifically, I'm talking about like, put your hands over your heart. You know, if you're comfortable closing your eyes, do that. And just take a deep breath. And, and in that, that breath, you know, just offer yourself some love or, you know, give yourself a hug Mm -hmm. or if you have some extra time, maybe you give yourself a head massage or something, but just finding ways to touch yourself in a loving way whatever that look, you know, however far you want to take that, of yes. course, um, but it, it absolutely doesn't need to be a sexual endeavor, right? We no, tend to sexualize like self-touch and, and, and that's not actually, that's great. And that's also not what I'm talking about here, um, but it's just really like, you know, or just, you know, holding your own face for a moment and taking a breath, being tender and gentle with yourself is just really creates some love and lets your body know like, Hey, I am trustworthy, you know, we're, I'm going to take care of you and you're going to take care of me and we're going to be together. And I like that practice a lot because like I said, you can carry it anywhere. If you are out in the grocery store and you're feeling a little challenged, you can just, you know, put your hand on your heart and offer yourself a moment of love. Or if you're in a, you know, work meeting or something like that. And two, right now with the pandemic and as having so many limitations on who we can see and how we can gather and hugs we can give. It feels really good to remember we can give ourselves Mm -hmm. some self-touch and love too.
0: Yeah. um, With the whole, you know, the whole pandemic brings up so much. I feel like because, but even before the pandemic, I feel like there was an element of Western medicine that really, sort of perpetuated this war with our bodies. And, you know, not even getting into the self love and self acceptance, but just with disease states in general, like you have to fight, 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 or, you know, like, cut this out, or, you know, all of this just the whole approach to how we treat and, you know, and look at so many different things is a very adversarial way of looking at it. And That's one of the things that I'm passionate about as well is I don't, in in my functional medicine practice, I don't even like to call it disease anymore because Mm -hmm. I feel like it brings up resistance just with that word. I like to call it imbalance because our body is so powerful that it can heal itself and it can, it wants to be in a state of homeostasis and and Mm. balance. And we can do that with our intention, with bringing awareness to our thoughts. And then, you know, I think journaling, I agree with you, is so powerful. And I was never a journaler until I just started slowly, but surely a little by little, you know, I definitely even still like I, you know, people talk about the morning pages and how powerful they are. I still can't even do that. (laughs) And yeah, short and sweet, but like, it's still very powerful to bring awareness and put it out on paper. And like you said, then it brings with it all of our baggage, all of our stories, all of our experiences. And then the other aspect that I wanted to sort of touch on with you and get your opinion on is I'm of a belief too that these experiences, these energies, these emotions, we store them in our body, we tuck them away places, sometimes we surround ourselves with different energy to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And then if we leave it there, sometimes it can develop into imbalance and dis ease. And so uh, what do you what is your do you have an opinion on that? Or, or have you found that this practice has also helped you release things that might have developed into something more serious (laughs) if you hadn't released it and transmuted it, you know?
1: Yeah, Oh, I mean, that that's, all this practice has been, I I joke that it all started about a year before I turned 40 and I call turning 40 my great unfettering because I felt like I had lived so much of my life kind of in this straight jacket of being pleasing and fitting in and, and doing what I thought was appropriate and, you know, submitting to authority and Boys, whatever. And, and as I kind of hit that milestone birthday, I was like, you know, screw all of this. And (laughs) and, and the locks were popping off everywhere. Yeah. But, and so that's what the practice with the writing and the movement and all, and just like the vegan relationship with my body was saying, no, I don't actually believe, you know, necessarily that just a, a great example, we were talking about kind of health in particular. So I've had four knee surgeries. And I and all were basically results of accidents that happened. And I've done some energy working and, and kind of worked around, you know, I didn't I didn't hurt myself on purpose. Right. But why that might be kind of part of my story and my my walk. But what I had taken from all of that was my knees are just bad.
0: I You know,
1: it, and that kind of equates to I am bad.
0: Right. Oh, I've had knee surgery. Now I have a bad knee. And, That's and, and I'm, ourselves. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and my knees aren't trustworthy. Like, I can't do certain things because my knees are bad. Mm-hmm. And when I began to write those love notes, like, there were a lot of times I was so angry at my knees. And I realized I had been storing all that anger up for so long. Right. And because it wasn't going anywhere but inside me, like, I was angry at myself a lot. And once I was able to open the conversation and to really gain some awareness around, I just had really terrible accidents. Mm -hmm. You know, one was the result of a car accident I had. Um, One, I just fell down and had a funky fall, you know? And it was like, oh, I don't actually have to like hate my knees for being bad and holding me back anymore. And then I got to get curious around, well, are there some things I haven't allowed myself to do that maybe I could do? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it, like, you know, like going hiking, my husband is an avid hiker and loves it. And I was always sort of like, I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. And I was so wrong. You know, I just, in uh, the fall, we did a, a backpacking trip and I was able to hike over eight miles up and down a mountain carrying a backpack. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Yeah, yay, absolutely. But so much because I did release all those hurt feelings and and the anger that I'd been holding onto um, because I got curious and allowed myself to explore.
0: Yeah, I think it's so interesting the way that we build these expectations around ourselves. And I don't think we're even aware of that, like just by the stories that we tell ourselves. And again, by... When things happen and we need to seek a medical practitioner or some sort of mentor or guide to get us through something, it's almost like we allow we take on the story that they tell us. And we don't even get a second, we don't some I think unless we're very aware and have this very good practice of introspection that we don't even like give it a second thought, like, oh, that's what they say. So now that's my story too. And that's a label or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I have a great illustration
1: (laughs) of this Um, and it breaks my heart now. And also when I think back, I just love on the me that was then because I'm like, that's what you believed and That's what you knew. And that's okay. Um, When I was pregnant with my first daughter, she was breached like the entire pregnancy. And I had to, um, it was, it was a difficult pregnancy for a lot of reasons. I had to be on bed rest a lot and take these medications that made me feel, you know, like I was in constant, like flight or fight mode and yeah. things like that. Um, but in, because of that, we had multiple ultrasounds with her. And so always she was in this breech position. So the doctors were always like, you'll have to have a C-section and, that those were the years where I was, you know, submissive to what, you know, you're the doctor, I fully trust you. And I didn't really trust myself very much and didn't even think about, well, do I really think that's true? You know, and, and so I didn't get curious at all. And so I had the C-section and, and she, you know, and, and it was fine. She recovered well, but, you know, in years later, I was like, oh, there are all sorts of things that. I could have tried to get her to turn mm-hmm. but I didn't even know existed that the doctors never shared with me, but because I viewed them as the expert, I didn't go seek in, and I didn't want to have a C-section per se. And I'm not, it absolutely, if that's how she needed to be born, she did like my second daughter, I tried a VBAC and we had an emergency situation and C-section all the way. Right. Yeah. And I would choose that. Absolutely. Again, every day. But that first one, I was like, wow, if, you know, I I, I try not to what if myself too much, Mm -hmm. but that is definitely a situation where I'm like, wow, what if I had looked inside myself a little more and allowed myself to do some exploring and to, to push back or even ask what are my options
0: Yeah. I think uh, one of my favorite tools that I've been using lately are the what would it take statements. I don't know if this is anything you've ever heard of. And so tell me more because I feel like it just opens us up to the possibility and it allows the universe to bring us options. And so like for that example, just even asking, especially I feel like if we're feeling resistance or feeling stuck, we can just ask, you know, what would it take for me to see all the possibilities of this you know resolution or this healing or what would it take for me to you know have the option to have a different career or what would it take for me to be able to love my job where i am now or you know like so you can use it in any context but just the what would it take and then even if it's not something conscious that comes to you right away it's you know like the law of attraction works for you and so it gets those balls and those motions moving And I I do feel like that it it opens up the realm of possibility and brings in things that we might not have ever known about or seen or heard. If we hadn't asked the universe, what would it take for, you know, A, B or C? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. Cool. So (laughs) what would be um, your best advice for someone that is, is aware that maybe they don't have the best relationship with their body or they don't have that even accepting dialogue, let alone loving dialogue. So what would, what would you suggest their next steps be?
1: So I, my next is uh, I have, uh, so many directions you can yeah. take, but my, the, the, I would say break up with the word should.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Right. And so part of awakening and becoming aware, which is really the first step in the in the relationship, right? It's not, um, it is an action, right? And people think, like you said, maybe they have kind of, oh, they're aware they don't have this, like that's, you're still doing something, right? Mm-hmm. We, we think, oh, I'm not doing anything about it, but just letting yourself be aware and then sit in that discomfort is doing something. And once you're at that place, Break up with the word should. I actually have a little pet phrase for it that I had put on this bracelet and I wear—I still wear it every day, you know, five years later, because what I realized when I was, you know, starting to be on this path was how often that nasty gram narrative was shoulding me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I should be eating this food at this time and I should only eat this much of it. Or, you know, I should not enjoy this dessert or I should go on a run, even though running does not light me up and make me feel happy when I'm moving. And it hurts my knees. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It hurts my knees and it doesn't feel good, but I should do it because I'll burn more calories or I shouldn't dye my hair funky colors because... That's not what, you know, women my age do. Um, so start start even just, again, being aware of when are you telling yourself what you should or should not do. And then, you know, eat, reframe it, maybe, if that's what you want to do, or even just be done with shoulding. That, that's a comment in our house where, like, we don't should ourselves, yeah. you know, because <laughs> there's, we don't have to carry that everyone else's expectations around. So...
0: Yeah. I, f- yeah, I feel like that word just carries with it implicit judgment and, It does, and we're just judging ourselves. And, and I kind of found like,
1: to me, one of the op- kind of oppos- opposites of judgment is vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? I can't be transparent and open up about how I really feel and what I really want when I'm constantly judging myself. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And sh- when I was always shutting myself, I was, you know, always over here instead of, you know, softening and opening to maybe I don't want to run anymore. And I want to find another type of movement that just feels better to me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, even if it's not going to, you know, burn as many calories or maybe I do want to eat this sometimes, or maybe I do want to dye my hair. You know, obviously I did, (laughs) you know, but yeah, so letting go. So that's one of the first things I think folks can do is break up with the word should.
0: Excellent. I love it. Um, Cool. What else? What else? All right. So take it slow.
1: This is not work that you rushed through. You know, I mentioned earlier, our bodies are our lifelong companions. And so this relationship is going to to transform and evolve throughout our whole lives and our lifetimes. And so there's not like this end point that we have to get to, mm-hmm. right? I think too, in this world we live in, we're always in, once we realize maybe something is an issue or a problem or not the way that we want it to be, especially when that's uncomfortable, we want to rush through it. And this is not work that you can rush through. Yeah. So be willing to, to take it slow and I all, and find your support systems because this is really tender work. You know, yeah. you, you were talking about the energies that come up in our eyes and all the feelings that come up. And what I had to learn to do was really sit with the paradoxes, mm-hmm. right? being grateful for, you know, my body, having a desire to want to have a more positive relationship with her and also sitting with some real grief, right? Because my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to do or um, because I had delved into some wounds that weren't really by, like I said, writing to my voice, I hit on some really old wounds I had that I had been carrying around for so long, like that were breaking my heart,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that I, I needed to heal. And so, find a support system. And that support system might be, you know, a, a good friend, it might be a group of women that are walking the same path. Mm-hmm. Um, It might be, you know, a professional, Mm -hmm. whether that's a therapist or an energy worker, or, you know, however you source healing, it, it could just even be like, getting um, clearer about like your social media, and Mm -hmm. starting to follow people whose voices talk more about body acceptance and body awareness could be reading books. And so like, I actually have a resource list on my website and in my journal um, for folks. Oh, um, yeah, because it is, it, it's really tender work. And it's, while it is work that we have to do for ourselves, it's not work that we necessarily have to do alone. And there's lots of ways we can find support along that path.
0: Yeah, and so on that note, too, I want to encourage all you beautiful souls out there to not be afraid to build your own support system, because I feel like sometimes when we're starting this big and it is profound and it is powerful. And I feel like sometimes that can be scary and maybe even oh a little isolating, especially if we don't live in a community or already have some of that around us already and so don't be afraid to you know start a meetup group or you know like start a Facebook group or um, I hear this thing called clubhouse is pretty cool these days yeah
1: I, yeah, <laughs> I am really digging clubhouse I'm on there Wednesdays at noon EST um, talking about this stuff every week it's fun yeah um, so yeah so it well and I will say too part of this when we talk about you know, finding support, especially around like who we're hanging out with. One of the things that I, you know, that we all kind of learn is everybody's not ready for these conversations. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was, you know, kind of really deep into my own work, I had been out to dinner with a couple of girlfriends and on the way home to uh, my friend had one of my friends had driven me and on the way home, she started talking about her weight and she was like, how trying to ask my advice about how she could best lose a few more pounds. And I was like, just asking her questions, like kind of reframing, like, well, why do you feel like you need to lose a few more pounds or because she was being, and and I'm not here to judge whether people want to lose weight or not. Like that's not what I'm trying to do, but like she was being extremely hard on herself Mm -hmm. and and really limiting how she, like she, how her feelings, when she would be happy, she would be happy if she could just lose these last few pounds. And you know, that's not how life works, right? A few pounds Mm -hmm. doesn't make us happy I mean, not be. if you want lasting happiness <laughs> Exactly. And yes exactly like there might be a moment of like woohoo, and then like yeah right like pounds the pounds might come back and then why do you lose your happy and and, and she was talking about it in terms of like her relationship with her spouse and mm-hmm. going on vacation and all these sorts of things and and it was such a microcosm of countless conversations I've had over the years countless conversations I've had you know, you spoke in myself over the years with women. And I just kept saying, but what if, what if you didn't have to lose those pounds to enjoy your vacation or feel, you know, closer to your spouse? Like, what if you didn't? And she couldn't hear me. Mm -hmm. Like she, she got really angry with me because I wouldn't just tell her how to lose the weight. And she like, was finally like, I can't talk to you about this. And, and that was the moment I was like, Oh, she's like, like, literally, she's just not this on this part of the path yet. Yeah. And realizing that that was totally fine, because she's on her own journey, right. And it wasn't my place to keep pushing and berating. And so what happens now when I'm in that sort of situation is I'll say, you know, that's not really my jam. Like I'm happy to talk to you about what it might look like if you wanted to, you know, try somebody acceptance or whatever. But so I just kind of set some boundaries up around that um, because everyone's not ready for it. And I do find, you know, I always think of that iconic scene in the, the movie mean girls where the one girl, the, the, you know, Regina George is standing in front of the mirror and she starts writing like, oh, my gosh, I look so this and, you know, my body is this and that and all the, uh, you know, the, the other girls in her group run over to the mirror and start saying terrible things about themselves. Mm hmm. Right. And I feel like we do that when we gather as women often. Oh, for sure, we definitely bandwagon.
0: Like, <laughs> bandwagon.
1: And, do that? <laughs> yeah, and and we place all these like value judgments, like we're good or because we did this and we're bad because we did that. Yeah. And and it's just kind of doing it. And I'm, so now I try and steer clear of those sorts of conversations or if it's happening, if I feel confident to just say, Hey, I don't want to talk about this. Can we talk about something more interesting? And if I'm not with people that I feel super confident about doing that, it's just excusing myself from the conversation. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sorry. I had just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I'm definitely going to, if you're cool with it, post your resource list on my show notes page that yeah, will link back to one of your website pages.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, in fact, I think it's, it's NicoleSiers.com forward slash a helping hand. Okay. I think if you if you go to my website it's one of the t- um, tabs at the top it's called a helping hand because okay. I feel like we can all use a helping hand in this work. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's a living list so I'm I'm trying to always keep, you know, updated and and add to it as I discover wonderful books and and folks to follow and things like that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um and then what do you think about you know, infusing more play. And, and how do you I mean, because um, who I was talking to someone the other day, or maybe just yesterday, actually, and they were, you know, like talking about the how they were struggling and, and, you know, how they had just been in this low place and in a funk, and they just felt like they just couldn't like get out of it. And mm-hmm. I just looked at them and I said, well, how much fun do you have every day? Because if we're having fun and we're playing or, you know, even having joy in our work, we are not in a funk. Like it is impossible to be in joy and having fun and still be in a funk. (laughs) So uh, where does that uh, sort of factor into to to this process for you?
1: Uh, It's liberate, like finding joy in my body is liberating. Right. Even if there's still something I want to change about it, if I can lean into what is fun, whether that is like you know putting on a song and just getting my groove on, or um, doing an activity that is different, or like like dyeing my hair,
0: yeah,
1: it's immensely fun and playful to me. And so, you know, I look down and I'll see a strand of purple, and I'm like, Yay! just yeah. for a little moment, right? Yeah. And and so wearing. Funky earrings is fun to me doing my nails, right? There are all sorts of of little things that I do for myself that are playful. And it like, I spent a long time believing I wasn't playful because I, like, even as a a child, like I was pretty serious. I've always been a reader. I I love to read. And like, I didn't play a lot of traditional games. Like play wasn't always my jam, Right, and so I was like, "I'm just not playful. I'm not playful. And I, I, was with, I'm laughing because I was at a weekend workshop with, and my mentor was leaving it, and we were in the Q and A, and I was like, "How do I access more play?" Because I was realizing like that I needed to bring in more delight, especially in regard to my body. And she was like, "Well, what do you mean?" I was like, "Well, I'm just not playful." And she started laughing. And I was like, why is she laughing at me? And she was like, I'm sorry, but I am looking at you and you have, you know, purple hair and you're wearing tie dye pants and these fun earrings. And all I see is playfulness. Mm-hmm. And so just, I needed that reflection. Yeah. Right. To reframe what play meant. Like I thought play meant I needed to go out and be like swinging on the swing set or something. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't actually it at all. So yes, play is liberating and fun. And there are all sorts of little delightful things that you can do for yourself and your body to feel playful. And it might be swinging for some people. They love stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. I always encourage people to get outside. I mean, like, you know, easiest thing in the world, hopefully is to just get outside just for a little bit, a little bit more every day. Yeah. uh, You know, um, So thank you so much for being here. I love all your insights. Tell us where we can find you all over the wonderful world of the internet.
1: All over the world. Well, thank you. This has been a really great conversation. And I'm so excited to share this message and to see women start to awaken because I just think there's so much healing for all of us collectively as we do
0: this work. For sure. Yes. And especially as as you alluded to earlier, being mothers too, and having that, Again, back to the empowerment. Having that power to raise our girls and our women into this place of love with this with this empowerment already in their toolbox. Yeah, you know, like we're, it's, yeah, it's not required to suffer. <laughs> no, in order and, and to grow up, they don't have to. You know,
1: they don't have to always love themselves, but they get to see there's another way to be in a relationship with our bodies besides this negative way that so many of us believe is just our normal and yeah, what we have. That,
0: to do Yeah. And that the media has told us, you know, like, exactly. the, yeah, these are the rules. And if you don't, you know, abide by these rules, then you, you know, your self-worth is questionable. Your, <laughs> your validity is questionable, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: please do come and find me. I love to have conversations. My website is kind of my landing house for everything. And it's NicoleCayers.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-C-A-Y-E-R-S. And that has links to the resource list, to my books, um, my Instagram handle's on there. I'm on Instagram at NicoleCayers. And I am on Clubhouse um, at NicoleCayers, like I said, Wednesdays noon EST. And those are just short and sweet little bite-sized
0: conversations to have. So please come join me. Awesome. And all this will be on the show notes. And so you can either go directly to her website, or if you find yourself on the show notes page of this episode, then all these resources will be there for you as well. And then, so we talked about your book, but you have another book that we haven't talked about yet. What is that?
1: Well, so I actually have three books. Okay. I, I, when I was doing this work, I, I, you know, took it the really intense route and put all three out at once. What so love notes to my body is the illustrated, really whimsical, shorter love notes to my body. But as I mentioned, all of my relationships with my body's parts weren't so. Easy to write, you know, they were grittier stories and journeys that I needed to take. And they turned into love letters because they were much longer. Mm -hmm. So I published a companion book called Love Letters to My Body, which is a personal essay collection where I do dig into some of that grittier work that I needed to do in order to heal parts of myself and, and having the conversations with my body parts that allowed me to do that healing. And then the third book is a journal called Write Your Way to Self-Love. So if, if you feel inspired, but you would like, you know, you can do this on a sticky note or on your shower door if you want to get started. But I have a journal for folks who like some structure, who like journals and want a little bit of guidance along the way.
0: Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. Is there anything else you feel that like we need to talk, touch on or talk about in order to make this episode complete? I
1: think I would just let everyone know that this work is for every body and every body, right? It's, it's for all of us. However you and your body show up, you deserve and get to have an accepting relationship with yourself regardless of what the world has told you before.
0: Yes, I think that's beautiful and and you know just as a you know little um asterisk at the end of this a little PS is that this is this work is for men too. We talked a lot about women today because I both of us you and I mainly work with women, but you know I hear the I hear the same statements come out of men in my life that I love say about yes. themselves. And I feel like, you know, when they're saying it out loud, Lord, you know, what must they be saying inside their head? And this, exactly. you know, so it's the same. We're all the same on the inside. And, so, you know, like if you cut us open, we're going to look the same. Yes. <laughs> I, so. Every
1: man that I've had conversation with about this, whether that's in an interview or just somebody in my life that I've shared my work with has said, every 100% of them have said, you know, men have these problems too. Yeah, and they do. And so my invitation is always if you are a man, and this is resonating with you, man, step into this field and do this work to lead men into their own journeys, because it is so needed. And I think would be welcomed.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Well, again, Nicole, thank you so much for being here. And I really enjoyed having you. And I look forward to having you back. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Yes, thanks.